Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. What? In and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that appreciates opening at least one present on Christmas Eve. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're making a list and we're checking it twice, celebrating the naughty and snobbing the nice as we talk some of our favorite killer Santas in cinema. And you don't have to shimmy down a chimney to listen into our show. All you have to do is search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your ho ho hole. I should have anticipated that. I was wondering what we were going to get on this uh, the most festive of times here. And speaking of festive times, if you are out on social media, you can follow our Santa shenanigans. Uh, we are on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. Mm-hmm. And of course, on Facebook, we do have our little events tab. Mm-hmm. So you can follow up on our horrific happenings and our horrific holiday happening there it is uh and as this episode releases on friday december 20th the very next night <laughs> december 21st Woo! screenland tapcade so excited the fifth year in a row at this mm-hmm. point uh christmas with the nerds oh this is gonna be great we're gonna show an action a horror and a comedy movie all sweet hol- not this year no this year it's steeped in holiday it's very much so uh some of the films that we have put on the the, the plate here we've screened such cinematic gems as everly uh-huh silent night deadly night better off dead mm-hmm uh, Santa Slay. I Come in Peace, just to name a few. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Uh, the Long Kiss, Good Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's to give you an idea. Ultimately, we want to celebrate the Christmas films that you don't necessarily remember as Christmas films. Right. Not, I mean, because we know like everybody goes sees like Christmas Story and stuff. And then, of course, there's the, the Gremlins. But... Then there's the Die Hards, mm-hmm. the Lethal Weapons. And then there are there's the, uh, the films we like to screen. We dwell in the Elf Workshop. <laughs> all year long putting this together but ultimately i think these are films that even if you're familiar with you want to see them on the big screen yeah. anyway with a crowd and we've always had a good time with this mm-hmm. uh, we are going to be taking donations for kc pet project mm, let's help the kitties and doggies of course during this cold time of the year and this is just something we always look forward to mm-hmm. and it's always fall quickly from october to december the back-to-back triple features, yeah, but it is always rewarding. So come on out. That's going to start at seven o'clock. This lineup's going to be dope, dude. Pre-show starts at six thirty for all the fun festivities. That mm-hmm. is again, uh, Screenland Top K, December twenty-first. And looking here into the new year. Uh, obviously, follow along uh, Alamo Draft House, Screenland Armor, and Screenland Tapcade. Mm-hmm. But something now that has become a wonderful yearly tradition mm-hmm. and a reason to look forward to the new year, because the end of January. It's cold here in Kansas City. Yeah, there's Toros in the atmosphere. Burr, indeed. Uh-huh. But something we always look forward to that is going to bring a little warmth to us is the Panic Film Festival. Woo, this is going to be great. And I'm already panicking at this point. Oh, yeah. January, it's gonna Pleasantly go, panicking. Well, and it's going to run January 20th to January 30th. The weekend from the 24th to the 26th is when a lot of the big festivities happen. Mm-hmm. But it's expanded to the point then the following week if you miss out on one of the movies, they're all going to be playing. And like even ones that are not playing during the weekend are playing on the week. So 
It's like, wow, there's a lot of things to see at this. Panic the schedule Fest. is up at this point. Uh, go to panicfilmfest.com. I and I've actually already put together my schedule at this yeah. point. Um, the the highlight of the fest for me, movie wise, is going to be uh, Joe Vegas's VFW. Yeah, it looks dope. And uh, shout out to Joe uh, Baby Vegas uh, as he is on the cover of the newest Fangoria. Nice. And promoting the one VFW, which. The premise alone and the cast alone is one of those things when the minute I heard about it, I was like, I have to see this film. Yeah, right. And you know, I will I will say this, you know, we've got an inline with Tim and Adam and immediately we're like, hey, Panic Fest, if we can make this happen, we're going to be there just with bells on. Mm-hmm. And that's the one I'm most looking forward to. But I've got everything planned out. But more importantly, are some of the live podcasts that are happening that weekend as well. Yeah. Of which it's a it's a murderer's row. Now, save it on Friday night. January 24th, kind of kicking everything off, the Generation Y and Crime Lines podcast are joining together. Now, Generation Y, they actually performed last year, and if you're into true crime, which pretty much anyone that listens to a podcast is, that's like the biggest genre there. Right. They're a local Kansas City podcast, but they are huge. So they're going to put together with the Crime Lines podcast that is on Friday night, so make sure to check that if you're into true crime. But then save your energy, because then on Saturday, January 25th, Again, we've got three podcasts in a row, and it's going to kick everything off. Again, transitioning nicely from Friday night into Saturday from True Crime, starting at 2.45, our friends from the Cult Podcast are coming back. Cool. I like them. Indeed, I know. And that was, I think, one of your biggest surprises when you said it. Admittedly, you don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I do fucking three of them, and I don't listen to any of them. So, like. So, it's always nice to see you get to experience. And again, I'm a big fan of theirs. Again, don't drink the Kool Aid. And then, following that, at five o'clock, and this is one I'm really looking forward to because this is a newer show, but the host of it is from a show that I've been listening to forever, uh, Dr. Rebecca McKendry's Nightmare University. Ooh, cool. Yeah, it's wonderful. And if you're familiar, uh, Dr. McKendry is a co-host of the Shockwaves podcast, which is part of my Friday rotation. Again, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, she's also the co-director of a uh, actual Christmas horror, current Christmas horror anthology classic, uh, All the Creatures Were Stirring, mm-hmm. which I believe you can see on Shutter right now. Uh, but I believe she is going to have a guest host with A.J. Bowen. Nice. Yes. Nice. Who is also going to be there to promote a film that is playing at some point during Panic Fest. Again, seek it out. He's going to be hosting a Q&A after that. But then following that, and this is the one, uh, you, I t- my Friday show is Shockwaves. Mm-hmm. My Monday show, and it t- usually to kick off the week, I need something with energy. And coming back again, uh, Joe Lynch, Adam Green, Arwen. It's the movie crypt. I'm so stoked for this. Again, I don't listen to podcasts, but I love like Adam Green and Joe Lynch. They are fucking wonderful nerds, and like indeed, it, it, it's it's great, you know. And it's going to be preceded by a 10th anniversary screening of Adam Green's Frozen. Ooh, that's going to be perfect because it's going to be cold as shit. I can't imagine a more perfect time for all that to come together. And hey, a film celebrating its 10th anniversary, hmm. maybe it could come to play in our Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. Possibly. Well, then make sure to save your energy yet for the following day, Sunday, January 26th. This is one I'm really looking forward to. Uh-huh. Uh, 7.15, we are going to be screening an NC-17 cut. We're going to get X-rated! Of Richard Stanley's hardware. Oh, man, this is a robot diddly it's movie. A, it's, it's a weird. wonderfully weird it's film. It's weird. I hosted a 35 millimeter screening at the Alamo a few years ago, 
and it has a huge crowd because it's definitely it's it's one of those true cult, a definition of a cult classic. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now stay stay with us though because then after that uh, we're going to be co-hosting a little podcast panel with the movie Crips with Joe Lynch. With Joe Lynch, it's going to be great. We're going to talk about Sasquatch porn. It's going to be all sorts of good stuff. That was not prompted by us, by the way. Joe completely improvised that. Right. I I don't know what kind of Sasquatch porn what it exists. I don't don't put it into your Google search. In fact, <laughs> well, you know what they say about people with big feet. Oh boy. Yeah. oh, boy. Let's just skip that. Let's, yeah. And that's the kind of stuff you can anticipate. <laughs> that and we'll have to play a game of Dylan McDermott or Dilmit Mulrooney. Make your eyes cross, potentially. Right. But then... But wait, there's more. There is more. In fact, this is... I'm actually thinking we should just call this the Hangover, the Panic Fest Hangover Game Show. There we go. Because January 27th, Monday, 7 o'clock... The Game of Games! We're bringing it back. Yes! Go back a few years ago... Uh, our live Panic Fest 2018, where we did our Nightmare Junkhead, the home game version, mm-hmm. and we are indeed bringing it back in the theater. We are going to be testing your horror metal with such wonderful, gruesome categories as songs in the key of death. Explain the plot badly. What's my line? And we will be testing your nerd knowledge. Mm-hmm. Prizes for everyone in yeah. attendance. We've, I've always... I think I've got a way too also that I'm going to be able to record everything. So nice. you'll be able to hear everything a little bit better. We did this again over at the uh, Tumwa, which was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. We just had some audio issues, but I think I've got, I'm going to get every, and again, that's not a slam on them. I love you guys. Attack the Killer podcast, prescribed films. Love you guys. Uh, but I think I've got a way to record everything too, because this is a podcast first. So I have mm-hmm. to think about that. But yeah, on January 27th, we're bringing that back. So, so many good things happening during that s- small stretch of time. Yeah, and then um, Wednesday they're doing the live script reading. There is of the uh, of Halloween three, uh, Halloween three D, I believe, mm-hmm. and the unmade one. I believe I know someone that's going to be sitting in on that script reading. Ooh, ooh, yeah. I'm gonna have to. Bra- You've got to teach me some voices. Sure. Like I know I can do it. I can kind of do a George Lucas. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's appropriate or the, um, the goddamn it, that's angry Nick Nolte. But that's about it. Die. Let's do Arnold. That's See, I'm, I'm. Oh boy, this is. I gotta have to go back and cut all that. <laughs> They're listening for Killer Santas, not you know me talking about bad impressions. Ho ho ho! But, but, but hey, Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, light bulb head. Shall I? Shall I go in as Dynamo? There we go. You can borrow my helmet. Clap if you love Greg D. Hey, there we go. But again, make sure to check out uh, PanicFilmFest.com. Put together your schedule. Retweet. Play. And I will say this. Like, I think the weekend passes are going quickly. Mm-hmm. Individual tickets go on sale the day of the screenings. Yeah. So check that all out. Um, and again, the events tab, will be posting everything there. A lot of fun stuff coming up in the year of 2020. Oh, yeah. That's just in January. I know. There's going to be so many good things. But ultimately here in the month of December, as we're closing out the year of 2019, mm-hmm. it is cold. Good. Yeah, I think. Good. I'm, I'm looking forward to the new year. <laughs> Me too. But let me ask you a question here, genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you were growing up... Did you believe in Santa Claus? I did for a little bit. Okay, for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, are you one of those kids that once you hit a certain age, you had to stop believing because it wasn't cool to still believe in Santa? No. Expl- explain yourself. It was just the one where, like, you know, Santa Claus stopped bringing presents, and, like, I was like, okay, well, I'm telling my mom what I want for Christmas, and here it comes, you know? I was maybe about eight. Okay. I was about so, to ask, do you remember when you kind of stopped? Yeah, I was like, uh, it all seems kind of like I was questioning things, you know? But, like, you know, I, I still believe that there's, like, not, like, real abracadabra magic, but sure. I believe in the unexplained. So, 
you know, there's a little bit of like a grain of salt. I mean, I don't believe there's a Santa Claus, but I believe there were all kind of Santa Clauses when we give the gift of love. Ah, see, and that's just it. I'm because I also grew up believing in Santa. I remember one year specifically, I was at my grandmother's house, which was a stone's throw away of where I lived in old Stanley, Kansas, mm-hmm. which doesn't exist anymore. Um, but we were, it was Christmas Eve. We were driving back to the house and it was pretty late at night. And I was freaking out because I wanted to make sure to get home in time for Santa. Indeed, because if I'm not there, I don't. I don't. I want my presents. God damn it! Right? I've, I've been, been good. good. Exactly. <laughs> Where's my reward? You know, I've been. I've done everything. We're going to talk about the weirdness of that kind of contract, that mm-hmm. social contract yeah. that happens. Um, but I was freaking out, and I remember before I got into the truck, I screamed out up into the air like, "Santa, wait! Don't come home! Yeah, I got to get there!" Freaking out, right? So I was 15 at that point when I was doing that. No, I'm not. I was not. I, I mean, I too, like, probably. Uh, Merry Christmas. About seven or eight, I would imagine, yeah. as well, when the luster wore off, where you you cease to be a boy and you become, become a, a man. man. And that's what's interesting with the whole Santa mythos, is technically, technically, it's built on a lie that your parents tell you. Mm-hmm. And the lie, for a lot of reasons, is as you said, is for you to be good throughout the year. Good, right. Because all they had to do, if you were acting up at all, what all they what did they have to say? Santa Claus is not going to give you any presents. That's right. He's watching you, right? Uh, uh, unless it was my house. All right, Christmas is canceled. It's canceled. I got the Christmas is canceled a lot growing up, and That's it a, never was, but uh, it was still that. on the board. Yeah, it's still on the board. But it was a way. It was a bargaining tool. Like, no, I'll be good. I'll be good. I'll be good. I want presents. I'll be good. You know? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Because if you, as long as you were good, you got shit. You got free shit. And what's funny is eventually they had to tie in a a song to say, well, okay, you should be good, not necessarily for the presence, but be good for for goodness sake. Just be good every day. Because it's a good capitalistic society. Right. Anytime we do good, we want a reward. Exactly. Think about it. Like even pets, if they do good, they get a treat. Oh, oh, hey, hey, they're they're better than us. Okay. That's That's why they they deserve every single thing. That's why we do the KC Pet Project for the donations on that. But so we're, so are we Santa's like guinea pigs? Well, I would say Santa is kind of the kid opiate, the opiate of the kids. You know how religion is the opiate of the, the masses. The North proletariat. <laughs> well, think about it. Think about it. This is this is someone that Santa bourgeoisie champagne. We'll get to that, we'll get coming, to that. One. That's coming later. But think about it, though. This is a, a total stranger that lives in a place that there is no way we can access. A hermit, basically. Yes. And especially think back in the day before the internet. What did you have to do to contact Santa? You had to physically write letters. Letter writing, kids. Right. You had to like. Sometimes occasionally. Cursive. As you got older, like, look, I've been good and I'm fancy and I'd listen in class. And what's even better then is in the 80s with the advent of more modern technology by the 80s standards, we got those 1-800 Santa Claus. Oh, man. Did you ever call those fuckers? No, because I spent all my money dialing the Nintendo counselors, actually, and I got in trouble for that. Me too. I got in trouble, but I'm like, oh, I'm going to call the Santa Claus hotline. How can I be naughty calling Santa? Like, that goes against the very essence of being naughty. Well, especially when he's like, have you been a good child this year turned out it was yes santa robot santa on the other end there ho 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 (laughs) but ultimately you think again a stranger inaccessible and then he also how does he enter our homes through breaking and entering yes through a chimney so basically a loner mountain man breaks into our house Eats our cookies and milk and like leaves us something. We have to leave a sacrifice. Right. They'll say it's a libation, but it's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice because it has to be a cookie and it has to be milk. And so like, yeah. 
I now, Santa demands no less, and he wants all the like green M and M's separated. Do you think he gets upset now with all the soy milk out there? Do you maybe. Think, do you think Santa would be have to be more health conscious? I don't know. Maybe he like you know because lactose Does intolerance cr- can happen at any time in any place wherever you are. I mean, like like look at me. Like one year, one day I just became lactose intolerant. Right. All of a sudden, almond milk was a thing. Exactly. So maybe one day he's like, oh, oh, oh no, 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 right? And like he fills a stocking with something else, and the next thing. <laughs> from coal yeah, to, to, to yeah. like the why is my coal drippy Ooh. but uh so then next year he's like oh he's a little bit more apprehensive so i think he's like more appreciative like i always thought like you know maybe he wants something hearty let's leave him like a bowl of soup or something that's not bad some, it's cold out there right right some hot chocolate but you have to leave something something yes yeah, something for something the quid yeah. pro quo of the, because of not the being pole. good enough the whole fucking year is not good enough for santa yeah. fuck you dude now you want treats and shit too we're the ones getting the gifts even better we force our these force children into the lap of this stranger right how many Videos out there exist of kids freaking out. Freaking the fuck out. I mean, look at the Christmas story. Ho, ho, ho. That was terrifying. And like pushing his boot down, fucking fascist Santa, right? This is Bob Clark Santa Claus, of right? course. So. He's lucky he didn't get his eye stabbed out instead of shot out. But no, yeah, sit on Santa's lap. And I'll tell you what, when, if I want a good chuckle, I'll look at some of those Santa pictures because, like, Santa, you can tell a professional Santa from a Santa that's fucking had it because, like, because <laughs> you see, like, the professional Santa's with, like, a, a cheesy smile and then the other Santa's like, oh, man, fucking kill me. Then $10 an hour ain't worth this shit. You're full of piss on me. So there is a hierarchy of Santas at this point. Mm-hmm. I like that. I mm-hmm. like that. Well, this is a whole roundabout way of getting it's not too hard to make Santa terrifying if yeah. he already is terrifying. Yeah, especially if he's had enough of like getting kicked and pissed on. <laughs> it's enough to make anybody snap, let alone Santa. So it's not unusual, and it's not a far cry to figure out why killer Santas work so well in the horror genre, why there is a, a genre, even like a subgenre within that, of killer Santa Claus films. Well, because think about it. If you think about it, without him giving presents, it's like I said, a crazy mountain man breaks into your house and just like fumbles around your shit with these mutant like hybrid creatures. You know, imagine like David Cronenberg's Santa Claus. Yeah, that oh. would be frightening. Oh man! So we wanted to talk about just here like, in the month. Holy jolly Christmas! Like all the elves are like molded together. He, he would pull us uh, presents out of his you know chest vagina or stomach vagina. Brundle Rudolph, just like <laughs> you see, like the abominable snow, just like vomiting on his food. I'm I'm sorry, that's disgusting. You know, fucking Mrs. Claus is in the pool. Rankin Don't and, dream it. Rankin and Bass and Cronenberg. <laughs> that's your new Christmas tradition Have there, kids. Have gooey Christmas. It's the gross time of the year. I don't know. We'll so we wanted to make sure that here. That should not be here. <laughs> I'm glad I let you go with that. That was what that was well worth it. I was trying to get us back into order here, but that was again like true Cronenberg. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Ew. Ew. The goblins are killing. That's what it is. He the, instead of the elves, he got he has those like homunculi from the brood. Oh, that's even more. Oh God, are you can put little Christmas hats little on Christmas them? Christmas hats on them. Their parkas. And their little gloves. Little goblins running around. And they're already masters at the hammers. hammers. There you go. Cobble the shit out of some things. <laughs> I think we've got something here. So Actually, too. we're going to have to talk about this Santa one. Claus. Somebody get Cronenberg on the phone now. <laughs> uh, I'd imagine he'd have had a good chuckle with that, wouldn't mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. So ultimately, this is a roundabout way. <laughs> we'll come full circle here. 
Uh, some closing out, almost closing out the month of December here with some of our favorite killer Santa Claus, either in a film, TV show, some some aspects of popular culture. Uh, just because there's so many out there, because when we were putting together our lists, we were like, "Wow, what's that one?" Yeah, there's Whoa. a. Lo- I didn't realize how many killer Santa movies I haven't seen. And I'm not saying that we're not well rounded with that because we're pretty well versed. But again, right. there's just so, so much to explore. Much out there. So not only are we going to talk about some of our favorites, but we're also going to talk about some that we definitely will probably seek out sometime during here the month of December because, uh, let's face it, these are the films that you want to watch mm-hmm. in the month of December. Mm-hmm. I mean, when holiday-based holiday based films primarily work best on the holidays. They're, you know, they're based right. on. Exactly. I mean, like, while, yeah, I wa- I'll watch Santa Sling in the middle of July, like... <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes some things won't work. I mean, you don't want to watch that movie, um, Uncle. You don't want to watch Critters 2 on New Year's Eve. No, no, you know no, what no. I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Work right. So ultimately, these films, I think, work best during the month of December. And the first one I want to talk about is kind of a great twofer in terms of what we always like to promote here on the show. Um, number one, we always, I always go and enjoy uh, Tuesday nights in Kansas City means uh, 930 at the Alamo Draft House, Terror Tuesday. I have seen so many wonderful films on the big screen, and I saw this one on the big screen. But another thing that we always like to do is the Shutter shout-out. Yeah. Because, again, we're not sponsored by Shutter; We're just uh-uh. huge fans, but you were able to see it via Shudder. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about a film that comes by three names. Uh, some see it as Game Over. On Shudder, you'll see it at Deadly Games. And on Terror Tuesday, we saw it as Dial Code Santa Claus. And this is a film that I couldn't even say. I've seen that because I've never heard about it until like October. Exactly. And actually, I believe it was we had access to the Agfa catalog mm-hmm. kind of going through everything. It's like, wait, what, what is the fuck is dial code Santa Claus? And as it turns out, it has a kind of a really interesting story about how it came about and how it was promoted. Because if you were to I'd say if you were to break it down and try to explain someone what this film is like, how genius, how would you describe it? Killer Santa. And, and me, oh, Killer Santa meets Home Alone. There we go, perfect. And we and I say that because that's pretty much the perfect description. Yeah, you take those two things. If you wanted to see Kevin McAllister match wits with a homeless Santa Claus, mm-hmm. boom, you get it. And what's wonderful is there's kind of like an urban legend around this film that Steven Spielberg <laughs> and Spielberg. and uh, Chris Columbus saw this film on a backlot. Keep in mind, this film came out in 1989, Mm -hmm. so they probably saw it around 1988. Cut a few years later with Home Alone. Home Alone Again, there's really weird connective tissue, and again, it's more urban legend than anything, Yeah, but that makes perfect sense, and it doesn't matter regardless if it's real or not, because the film itself played bonkers on the big screen. It's an insane movie. Now, it's not as cartoony as Home Alone. No, but there's a more sinister edge to it. There's a lot of sinister edge to it. And I'm not going to say it paved the way for the French extreme extremist, but it is a French horror film, so you have to go through subtitles, which I have I love it. You know, mm-hmm. again, I love seeing horror through different cultures. But it wasn't that bloody. No, no, not at all. In fact, beyond the killer Santa aspect, it plays more like an action film. Yeah. Or and like, a, like a, I hate the term thriller, but I mean, but I mean, I have no problems calling this a horror film, right? But there are yeah. a couple of things that stood out to this in this film. Number one, the mullet of our little kid. <laughs> Again, this is 1988, so this this was this was of the time. Yeah. Like this is a perfect period piece of 88 because it is a Joe Dirt esque mullet. He looks like little Rambo. He well, little Rambo is appropriate, or maybe little John Matrix potentially. Yeah. 
Because also in the opening of uh, credits of this film, we get this crazy commando-esque montage of this kid getting ready, gearing up with all these fake weapons, the paint and everything. I was waiting for the boom, 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 you know, and it turns out Christmas music and shit. He's basically the only kid of this toy mogul. And it turns out he's he's having doubts about is Santa Claus real or mm-hmm. not. And that's what I always love kind of with the Santa mythos. And we talked about it. Yeah. Santa, ultimately, when you love him, it's a sign that you're younger. Yeah. And then eventually when you give that up. You still believe in Santa Claus? Shut up. Yeah. So like, like again, how many kids are made fun of because they still believe? And is that belief bad? Because, no, I think it's a great belief. Because he may be, again, spoiler alert, he may not be real. But the spirit is. Yeah, exactly. So Santa Claus lives in your heart, yeah. you know? And what's funny is the mother says something along the lines, because the kid is all about catching Santa. You know, the reason he doesn't, people don't believe in him because they haven't caught him yet in the, in the wild. Mm-hmm. And he, he lives in this huge mansion. It's enormous with like trap doors he's and like got, secret passageways and he can control, he's got a gauntlet. It's like the, the Nintendo the Power Glove. glove. Yeah, but he can like control the security cameras and everything with it. You have to it's again it's one of those films that exists in its own world and you have to allow yourself to kind of live and believe in that world and I gave myself to it just because that mm-hmm. opening montage I cracked up, I was instantly invested Yeah, cuz I was kind of that kid growing yeah. up. I was that kid that had to I was an only child, so I had to create a lot of, you know, adventure scenarios with myself and my dog occasionally. Mm-hmm. Oh, and well, first They're, of all, when he made that dog fall through the trap the tra- door, I was like, Jesus Christ, kid. I was like, God, I know it's supposed to be cute. No, but that's a real dog going through a goddamn trap door. Right. I was like upset. I wasn't like, oh, fuck this movie. But I was like, oh. your protagonist, ladies and gentlemen, right? the, your hero. Right. And he's playing. He's got the war mix on and everything. It is. It's, an, it's so he's got he's wired into his house. And our film opened up, actually, with a little snowball fight, which, as you pointed out... This movie is mean, but it's also hilarious. And I think there's, like, unintentional moments of hilarity Mm -hmm. and, like, intentional moments of hilarity. But you had this, like, all these happy kids snowball fighting and shit. And there's this one little... There's this one girl, and she's just standing there in this, like... the frame is like right in her face. She gets pelted right in the face with the snowball. And I don't think she was expecting it. She goes, huh? And <laughs> I fucking died. I was like, okay, this is that kind of movie. I am in. <laughs> it does set the tone early. And it actually introduces our Santa early as well. Now, and he started kind of innocently enough because. He wants to play with snowballs. Because like, yeah, I mean, like everybody's having fun and mirth and shit. And he seemed on the surface initially. Like that, up and up. Yes. And initially, also, I, maybe it's just um, the French system over there, but they have good stranger danger, or he's not in our gang, mm-hmm. and the kids immediately disperse. Yeah, fuck that, dude. And then, like, he's like, Murr. Exactly. Christmas time. <laughs> but then through a manner of things where he ultimately gets brought in as a, um, as a like, a mall Santa, mm-hmm. he makes his way out to the the home of this kid because he has a vendetta at this point. Yeah, no, so anyway, he made, yeah, the, you know why Ultim- he gets the vendetta? Because, like, fucking, he's, he's the mall Santa, and everybody's like, oh, come sit on Santa's lap. And he gets real handsy with this little girl, right? Like, like rubbing her hair and touching her face, right? It's, and then, like, he's she's like, you're not Santa, you're ugly, right? And he goes, and just smacked smack the shit out of this little girl, right? And again, I was like, holy shit! <laughs> it's that kind of movie. Right? And then the, the mom comes out, uh, the mom of the girl, like, yep. what's going on, what's going on? And then the, the mom of the boy, who's the store manager, yep. comes out and goes, like, oh, you're fucking fired, right? And so he's like, well, I'll get you. 
So ultimately a Santa revenge film mm-hmm. in many ways. Mm-hmm. But he makes it. And what's interesting Santa is revenge. the mom was going to get set up a incredible Christmas for the kid because he's having this crisis of faith. And that's what I kind of like with this film as well. Yeah. Is there's this really weird kind of ennui that goes along with it. It's French. It's appropriate, right? right? But ultimately, it comes down to where Santa and the kid go mano a mano, and it becomes the Kevin McAllister versus your killer Santa. Mm-hmm. And there's some moment, there's some beautifully shot moments in this film, especially when the grandpa and the kid are in the car, and you get this great blue light, and he comes up before the car, and he like kind of raises his arms majestically in front of it. Before Creepily. he starts just like beating the sh- out of the car out with the his car. bare hands, yeah. he headbutts the window. Like, this is a savage Santa. He's a mean, gnarly Santa, but he's also funny because, like, he's, he looks like Jack Black. And so he's like this French Jack Black. He's like, Je suis Jacques Noir, le papa Noël. Oh, ho, ho, ho. And so, like, <laughs> and so he's going around and he's got this like prolonged scene of him, like, spraying, like, snow <laughs> in his face. Beard and hair. His transformation scene, a la the kid as well, who's also <laughs> camouflaging <laughs> himself. <laughs> well, even like his little hiding place where it's like, again, this house has, this house is it's like a TARDIS. enormous. It is enormous. The, whole, the fucking castle is what it is. But he's got this this hidden away area that no one knows about where all of his dad's toys are placed, his his grandpa's toys are placed, where his toys will be placed mm-hmm. as well. Did you catch a castle gray school in there? Mm-mm. Along the panning shots. Nice. But ultimately, again, the kid, the Santa kills the kid's dog. Yeah, and it's very graphically because because he comes down and it looks like a Hallmark movie because he comes out of the chimney and the well, boy's and like, oh, and it's, magic, well, and it's all through Tomas's point of view and it's very magical. Mm-hmm. But then the reality is just immediately shattered yeah. when the dog realizes there's total danger. And it's, I think it was little RJ, I believe. And oh, mm-hmm. it's just and the way it's cut, I should say, edited wise, it's pretty, it's rough. Yeah. But ultimately, what I love is the comeuppance of everything because the kid and this great, like, Rorschach, wait, what's his name Ro- from? Rorschach? There we go, from uh, The Watchmen where he's like, you know, you're n- I'm not, you know, locked. trapped in here with you. You're locked in here with me. You killed my dog. You hurt my grandpa. I'm going to fuck you up. We get amazing and fireworks. And he said, I'm going to fuck you up, too. It's, it's you know. A, it's a French kid. It's <laughs> But it was classy. Yeah. fuck you up. Do you think this kid would make a good pair with the kid from the Babadook? No. Come on, that kid, he was inventive. He had his only weird home shenanigans. That's true. I think this kid would do better with, like, the Frog Brothers. The frog, yeah, or a fool from The People Under the Stairs. Yeah, yeah. Good improviser. Well, this was a, a very nice surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one I'm glad I got to see on the big screen. But immediately, though, I think, like, after the screening, I texted you and Dustin. I was like, you, you guys. need to see this movie. Like, you really, because I think Dustin will really dig it because of the weird Schwarzenegger level homages to everything just and the, the way the kid idolizes that stuff and the action because it, it's, it, it's a realistic home alone because like <laughs> home alone it gets cartoony and, yeah. but this yeah, guy gets the wet shot bandit the, should be dead exactly. multiple times over this one there's a gradual buildup. santa claus gets it i mean like mm-hmm. he's going tit for tat with that kid and it's pretty awesome i mean this was a fun movie it's funny and it's mean the bonnie tyler song the bonnie tyler song during the like last getting ready montage because both him and Santa Claus are preparing for like the final fucking battle, right? So they're getting ready and like happy birthday Jesus, you know? And I mean it's it's a, it's a happy birthday Jesus song and it's, it's about like a boy becoming a man, man and like time to put down the childish Christmas things. It's a Christmas song, happy birthday Jesus, like you're the one uh. 
coming straight down from planet Krypton or whatever it is, right? And so like <laughs> it, it was it was magnificent and I'd like to thank Adrian and Amber uh, everyone at uh, the Alamo for Terra Tuesday. This year has been fantastic. We're going to get into it in the next week's episode, but yeah, it was a great way to not end the year because uh, just last Tuesday we got to, we screened Bob Clark's Christmas, uh, Black Christmas. Speaking of the, eye, the eye damage, yeah. hello, hello. Um, but no, yeah. Uh, dial code Santa Claus. Seek it out. It is on Shutter right now. A little Shutter shout out. It's crazy um, genius. Another one that's on your list there. My absolute favorite Killer Santa Claus oh. movie of all time, Santa fucking Slay. Man, I love that movie. If you have not seen it or it is not in your holiday rotation, you are doing it wrong. Santa Slay is amazingly good genius loves this movie enough that we did a commentary track for it and it was a film that i'd seen that was actually one of the it's again it's now in my rotation it's one we did at christmas with the nerds <laughs> right <laughs> but it's so good bill bill goldberg of all people Plain Santa Claus. A big Viking Santa Claus. I mean, so, the opening scene, he takes out James Caan, Fran Drescher, Chris Kattan, Rebecca Gayhart, a dog, and like a whole, and like two other people. So we've got two films in a row with like animal violence. Dogs. Santa what Claus we... hates some dogs, I guess. Hates some man. Well, think about it, because he comes in, he comes, oh, roo, 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 or like, yip, yip, yip. He's like, shh, 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 shh. I'm trying to be sneaky here, right? You think he like also has like a pocket like with dog treats and of shit, like the mailmen do? Smart. He's, yeah. he's adapted over the ages. He's been doing it for a while now. This ain't his first rodeo. <laughs> he and the mailman actually have it like a. They actually really do well on Christmas. Mm -hmm. They get a little bit extra as well. Exactly. But this film, it plays more of a. It's so, a it's a horror comedy, yes. but I mean it's horror horror. It's There's violent. some great kills. Yeah. Bill Goldberg spears someone through a deli counter. The person he spears, by the way, is one Saul Rubinick, who plays big shot Hollywood producer Lee Donowitz in True Romance. With which, has it been a while since you've watched True Romance? <laughs> His character in that one, and it's why I loved when I was like, hey, it's Saul Rubinick. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he gets not only speared through the deli counter. But then stabbed with the menorah. It's pretty brutal. It is crazy. And then Santa Claus is yelling at an old lady, and he's like, move, bitch. Get out the way. It's great dave it's, thomas is dave thomas is like a filthy perverted preacher that goes to like the strip bar called the klondike and like and then there's a whole prologue scene because santa claus comes to the strip he, club he comes to the strip club and just decimates the strippers right and then he just starts like um let's we're, we're gonna mourn all of our dead parishioners um tess tickler and he just goes off on all these funny ass names and there's santa claus <laughs> and he's like feeding people to his he doesn't have reindeer he has a big giant bison he it's it's, it's, it's a big fitting. viking bison and that's very much plays into the santa mythos in terms of where he comes from that you get a nice rankin and bass little claymation About thing curling how yes. like canadian can you get this movie is great and that's what i love with these santa films is you did definitely get different cultural perspectives through there again where where in the world would you expect curling to come into play right in the finale of your film but a killer santa claus movie. with robert culp uh, from the greatest american hero <laughs> exactly seriously this film i loved it just because of all the people connected to it but then it plays out pretty well. Yeah, it's a it's, it's it's funny. It is a and it's a fun film. Yeah, it contrasts nicely with Dial Code Santa Claus. Actually, I think, and then even going to a different film, just in terms of international horror again. Uh, this is a, in another film that we've actually screened through Christmas with the Nerds. Is a little Finnish uh, fi film from Finland, and it is one that 
is charming, mm-hmm. but it's kind of not brutal, but menacing. Menacing is the word. Uh, 2010's Rare Exports. And a lot of nudity. A lot of nudity. If you want some Santa. Some Santa dong. There you go. Yeah, you've seen his candy cane. Yeah. (laughs) But now this is interesting with this film because it kind of takes a different take on the Santa mythos. Mm -hmm. Because even in the trailer, it does look like a typical killer Santa film. But what I love about this film is that technically Santa, and there's a lot of them as it turns out, plays more of the... Like the elf role. They're the elves. Yeah. In lieu of technically rare exports is kind of a Krampus movie. Mm, it's a big. No, it's still a Santa. It's Santa Isn't Claus. It, but it's, it looks because no, when he's in the in the he's all in the ice. That's right, a big but Krampus, he's a big right? Monster. Santa's With the horns. a big. Yeah, he's a Krampus. So I always claws. okay. I always took it as just a Krampus, and then mm, that the it's an evil Santa. Like ah. Santa's like a big giant monstrosity. Makes more. It, you know what? I. You know what? We talked about how terrifying he is. At least in other cultures, they ad- they big, embrace exactly that he's the terrifying, terror, right? From Krampus to the Sa- well, and also I'm glad that Krampus is making like his rounds in America. He's he's getting his due diligence. He does here. have a good PR team, as we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, he does. No, but that's what I like about this, though. Um, that it also is told through the perspective of a little kid. Mm-hmm. And again, we talk about the innocence. Um, he also actually is pretty handy with uh, a gun. Yes, uh, this is a film that played wonderfully at Christmas with the Nerds because it is yeah. a film that not a lot of people are familiar with and it makes sense because it does come from another country. But it's it's, it's a sweet movie. It's all about yes. the father and son relationship it's, and like believing in Santa Claus and it, something and yeah. Ultimately within a lot of these films on top of the humor, the horror and the action there's there, heart. There always has to be because yeah. of the time it's and we'll get to our, our final thoughts a la um, oh wait uh, Jerry Springer at the very end here. Be good to yourself and, and each other. other. <laughs> Leave out some uh, milk and cookies. But ultimately, it's one I see. I don't know if it's on Shutter right now. But like I said, I think it's on Netflix. Excellent. Uh, but it's it's perfect because it's only eighty four minutes long, mm-hmm. and it's a good good movie. I really enjoy it. This is another one that I really like to see. But it's cold. Mm. Everything about it is cold. When he's out there in his underwear, I'm just like, kid, put on your pants, man. Right? My God, that is just so cold. The under, yeah, just works really well, works really well. Another one on your list there, genius. Parnish. Another one that we did a commentary yes. track for. The, uh, you know what? Honestly, not to toot our own horn, but like <laughs> I, one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done was the uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night commentary. Really? I think that is, it's hilarious to me. Well, 1984 was kind of a banner year for Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Not only do we have Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, but a little Joe Dante film, Gremlins. Imagine that as a double feature. That'd be great. I would love it. That I would, would be love it. Fantastic. But this killer Santa Claus as Silent Night, Deadly Night. A drunken, broken Santa. Oh. Kind of tragic for the most part. It is, and it's all the fucking orphanage's fault, it, too. Oh, yeah, that, that, if they, they have a lawsuit on their hands. Mm-hmm. That and the grandpa. You know what today is, Billy? Better run. Run for your life. This also is another film that we did. At, man, we're, I realize. Canadian. Yeah, clearly Canadian with this one. But this is a film that's notorious. This is a film that has. A, Outrage. A reputation, though, that I don't think is. It's not as a. It is a sleazy film. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. It's, it's a gory film, but it's not what. It's every, not the Golden Glove. No, no. But <laughs> the Golden Mitten. But it's it's what. Um, it, it's another time, another place. Right. Mm. But like. 
oh, we can't have images of Santa Claus tanning our children and blah, 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 blah. Because it's not a chaste film by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not a fucking Christmas Serbian film. Not at all. You know? No. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> Still, it's it's the, hard R. The reputation it carries and proceeds is based on that controversy where apparently the trailer of the film played a little earlier than it was supposed to. Some local moms freaked out. And this is back in the day. And it's always local moms that freak out and like, oh, we got to have things pulled. Like, look at the Hallmark Channel. Damn it, Karen. Right? Like, just like, if you don't want to see it, don't see it. Just let everybody else have a good time. I would agree. I would agree. Uh uh, contains one of the great kills with Linnea Quigley, mm-hmm. uh, and it spawned a franchise. Yeah, strangely enough, and also a uh, friend with, of the sh- with Mickey Rooney, and later on subsequent episodes, too who, many Jillikers. who went out of his way to condemn the original Silent Night, Deadly Night. How I well, I guess right. ultimately we all need to hey, work. We all, <laughs> yep. we all got to pay them bills. We all got to eat. Even the biggest star in the world. <laughs> but a uh, friend of the podcast, Justin Beam, uh, put together a lot of the special features on all those discs, uh, including the infamous Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, which garbage day, str- which is such a weird movie because it's almost like um, the greatest uh, hits of part one. The Hill is of Eyes part two as well, where they incorporate scenes where it's a retelling of the first one, basically, but mm-hmm. with the infamous garbage day. Um, but ultimately a. A mean film, but a fun film, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird, but definitely one that is a classic. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about here, and you can go twofer for this one. You can go with the original theatrical version or the one that kicked off basically as kind of a pilot for the uh, the title of the same name. You know yep. what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. That's on my list. Is it on yours as well? Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, Tales from the Crypt. All, and all through the house. Yes. Such a fantastic episode. Now, I'm partial to the one that came out on HBO. Yeah. Two reasons. Number one, I was alive to watch it initially when it mm-hmm. went through, um, but also the cast of it. Is Larry Drake. And Mary Ellen Trailer. And Mary Ellen Trailer, yeah. Which, Mrs. McLean. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. That would be Bonnie Bedelia. Oh, no, no, Bonnie Bedelia. You were thinking Mrs. Monster Squad and Goonies. That's who. She, and uh, Action Jackson. She was a Joel Silver player. But Larry Drake, God, God rest both their souls. Yeah. They've both since passed. Holy shit. Something that is terrifying. Most of us knew Larry Drake from L.A. Law Mm -hmm. as Benny. So to see him go from his character to the killer Santa, to see how terrifying he is, it's totally like not Benny from L.A. Law. No, because Benny was sweet. Yes. He was a sweet... He was a sweet man, and then and nice and kind, and then to see him like it was you know? scary. It was yeah, it was. I, I I was he's but, terrifying. It was probably my first impression of saying, "Wow, people, this is a good actor mm-hmm. that someone can just scare me that way." Now the original uh, Tales from the Crypt, nineteen seventy nine. Joan Collins in that yep, one yep. playing the Mary Ellen trailer row. I dig the nineteen seventy nine Tales from the Crypt, a great and, horror anthology, and Vault, for, Vault of Horror. Um, this one I I saw this one. First, before I saw the oh. all through the house one, okay, because I saw this one little, and like because <laughs> tales from the crypt, mm-hmm. and like it just blew my mind how like good it was. Because one, I remember Joan Collins from Dynasty, because yep. yep, Dynasty days, right? And so <laughs> like <laughs> to see her go face to face, but then when the new tales from the crypt came and like made it bigger and bolder and like more violent. More intense, more intense, and funnier. Like yeah. there's like some good moments of levity in it, and so it, it, it's was it's my favorite like little holiday Christmas Santa uh, little vignette. It it definitely is one that 
I know through maybe DVD you can catch. Um, I think actually some of the full uh, seasons were streaming there for a while as well. And I think HBO ha- HBO Go has them. Does it as well? That's yeah. okay, well again people. That's what people do. They stream now. There's not yeah. necessarily the, tech, the the physical media out there. Uh, another one on your list there, genius. Okay, so. Sp- Mm, I don't know how I'm going to get away with this. <laughs> you can justify it. It's fine. It's your show. Spoilers. Oh, that's fair. Oh, that's fair. Spoilers. Um, there's a movie called American Christmas Horror Story. And um, <laughs> I, how am I going to say this without like... American Christmas Story Horror Story or just Christmas Horror Story? Well, it was originally an American Christmas Horror Story. Really? And then when it went to the Walmart shelves... Walmart says take the American Christmas Horror Story out. Interesting. So, like, yeah. So, so spoiler for a pretty recent film. Spoil and yes, thank you. And one that's yes. Um, this killer Santa Claus in this one. Basically, what happens is there's a zombie outbreak that happens in the North Pole, and all the elves turn into killer like creatures. And so Santa Claus has to like save the day. By going around taking out all these zombie uh, elves. And the reason why he's a killer Santa, there's a huge, wonderful twist at the end. And I don't want to give it away if you haven't seen it. And because it's, it's, a, it, it's, we talked earlier, it's the sauce that makes the dish. But the Santa Claus, by the guy who plays him, I can't think of his name, but he's a great looking Santa Claus. He's, he's, he doesn't need any kind of padding, Mm-mm. and he's got a lot of chussel on yeah. him. Yeah. He's got chussel. He looks like you ever saw that movie Rise of the Guardians with the Santa Claus. It was a cartoon where it had Santa Claus teams up with the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and they go fuck up shit. But Santa Claus, <laughs> no, so it's really good actually. But Santa Claus, he plays there's like he plays um a, like a Bolshevik Santa Claus right in the cartoon, and he's got like naughty written all over, tattooed in one, on one arm and nice tattooed and he just looks like a big chussely rough and tumble throwdown guy and that's what this santa claus looked like and he fucking took out some elves and it's great that's interesting it's it's i you you i got a had a chance to see that one for the first time probably a few years ago you mm-hmm. introduced me to that one and it's another one that a newer kind of classic actually mm-hmm. and uh, an, anthology, an anthology yeah which is even and again we love the anthologies here now we've given kind of a few of our favorites there um ones that we're very familiar with but man there's as we said there's a lot out there we were not familiar with mm-hmm. um, i'm kind of curious what you guys think on that so you can always hit us up on twitter at nightmare junk facebook nightmare junkhead one of them what was it called was it scent, scent. yes uh-huh and uh, even just kind of a based Poland, on Poland, uh, more more Father Christmas than Santa Claus. And again, coming from another culture, which is again, you it's you, this is a worldwide universal thing, Santa Claus, mm-hmm. and to see him see how he's perceived through the other cultures. Again, here in the U.S., we for the most part, most people here in the U.S. they enjoy Elf, um, a, you know, the, the more the happy festive ones, Christmas rather, story that oh, may oh. not have the action, the gore, the the nudity. Here we're watching Dial Code Santa Claus and fucking Santa Slay and all this wonderful things. But what's great is during this time of year, there's almost there's always going to be excuse me a you know a Santa film for every mood, there's every a, season. There's one that I want to see that I haven't seen called Satan Claus, and it's so funny that Satan is just a simple anagram of Santa. Exactly. It can, you know, you have to be good or Satan will get you. To steal your soul. Exactly. Steal your soul. Exactly. Well, as we've been Take closing. all your milk and cookies. <laughs> as we've been. Uh, uh, gin, no, damn it. Never mind. Uh, devil's food. No, damn it. Devil's uh, food cookie? It didn't work. It didn't work. Ginger dead men. 
as we've been trying to do here in the month of December, closing the shows out here, staying local, and obviously with the gift-giving season on the way, uh, we like to promote local, and can't get any better in local than our friends at Rotten Rentals. Mm-hmm. Rotten Rentals, oh, so good, so good. Genius, what are Rotten Rentals? They're these dope-ass things. There's, <laughs> there's these old VHS clamshells, and they got some of the original uh, artwork from these really cool old VHS covers, but the VHS is inside, isn't inside the clamshell. What it is, it's trading cards and stickers and little mini figurines, like little like, like zombie muscle man and all kinds of cool stuff. It's like you don't know what you're going to get. It's rad. Perfect stocking stuffers for the horror fan in Absolutely. your family. Absolutely. And I thought we'd give a little shout out here to a film that I've seen that, Mm. but I've seen that especially based on the VHS box cover, which is wonderful, and it's one of those films that would definitely stick out, especially if you were, you know, know, back in the day, you'd see it up on the the shelf there. I've seen that. I remember that cover, too, but yeah, I've seen that We're talking about Don't Open Till Christmas, which if you look at the VHS box cover, it's perfect. It's everything you would want. You've got a big old butcher knife going into a Christmas present with a little pool of blood. Mm -hmm. And what I love is you got it. You got the little Christmas tree up above. It's just the little attention to detail like that. And again, that's another one. We haven't seen it at this Mm -mm, point. mm -mm. There are so many films that we could fill up on our holiday rotation of I've Seen That. And and there's ones that we've seen that we haven't even talked about. Christmas Evil and all kinds of shit. And that's, again, what I love, the fact is there's so many things out there. Because Santa Claus is scary as shit. (laughs) Whether or not he is a homeless Santa, whether he is a real Santa, whether he's a zombie Santa, whether he's a yoked up Santa, either way, it is terrifying. But... um, this has been fun, actually, and now I'm kind of actually inspired to go and watch a few of these I know, as right? well, which I think the whole point of everything. Let's go watch Santa Slay again. Oh, God. <laughs> Move, genius. <laughs> Get out the way. <laughs> so here, uh, our last episode uh, next week as we close out 2019 will be our best of mm-hmm. uh, talking some of our favorite films of 2019, some of our favorite moments of 2019, yeah. some of the moments that made memories of 2019. So until that time, this is Greg D. And I'm Genius Mickey. And we'll see you in your dreams. Oh! Ho, 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 ho.